Hello and welcome to episode two of the Track Cycling Podcast. I'm Guy Swarbrick and today I have two guests. First up, it's Rob Jones, a Canadian cyclist, who joins me from Roubaix to review yesterday's action and preview day two. And then we have the first part of a two-part interview with Amber Joseph of Barbados, who took part in last night's scratch race and will attempt to qualify for the Omnium later in the week. Um, so I'm joined again by uh, Rob Jones, who's in a much quieter velodrome this morning. Um, I think they've not turned on the PA yet, which is good. Yeah, it's it's nice. There's no thumping disco yet. <laughs> and just a look back on yesterday, we made a few predictions, some of which weren't actually that bad in terms of um, of the new world records we might see in the the team sprint, the women's team sprint. Yeah, three. Some weren't quite so good. Yeah, three, uh, which I think is the most you can have in any event on a single day in any form of track cycling. So. Uh, Oh, I suppose you could have multiple teams break the world record in one event, but um, still, still pretty good going. Let's start with the women's team pursuit first. Uh, Nigeria up for the uh, for the team pursuit, and we have seen Nigerians at the World Championships before, but they certainly made a, an impact in that kit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're the African champions. I mean, they weren't particularly fast, but I mean, they were, they, they actually had good form. They were, they, they seemed to be focused mainly on sort of doing good, uh, good transitions. And, uh, you know, so hopefully we're going to see them get a little faster. I don't know if they have much chance to practice on a track, but. Um, and of course we had nine, nine teams start in the women's team pursuit. So almost inevitable that they wouldn't qualify, but mm. we did get to see them again because three of them rode in the, in the team sprint later on. That's right. The interesting thing there was we were wondering because normally in the first round it's 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 head to head because everybody made it through there as well. But um, they were head to head against uh, the Germans, Germany, and they decided no, they might actually catch them. So they ran. Yeah, so I'm, they not ran sure, them I'm not separately. sure they would. <laughs> I'm not sure they would have caught them. They were about, I think it was about a seven second difference. So it would have been been close to a half a lap up on them. Yeah. But uh, I guess you, the chances of them interfering with with the the Germans' time and the race was yeah. was pretty high actually. So I think that was probably the the right decision. It did leave a little bit of um, of tension. I think they technically were qualified for a bronze for a little while after after Canada were relegated. Yeah, that um, was an interesting one. Um, and the uh, I talked with the coach afterwards, Franck Derivo, and he fell on his sword and said it was his fault. Um, he hadn't quite instructed the girls properly because I guess it's not that they didn't make the, make the, the turnover in the appropriate space. It's that Kelsey, when she moved up, she didn't move completely out of the sprinter's lane. So, and I actually have a photo. She's on the red line. She's not above the red line when the third rider, Sarah Orban, starts to come by her. Right. And so that's why they, that's why they DQ'd them. And I mean, for the Canes, pretty frustrating because they're, they were on track for a bronze medal. They would have gone up against Great Britain and in both of the first two rounds, they were faster than them. So, and yeah. this is the first time Canada's done a, a team sprint in, in many years. Um, it's um, on both the men's and the women's side. We've sort of, uh, we, we abandoned it for a while, but, but now we, we started up again. And so they it's a little frustrating for them, but as Frank said, there's still two and a half years to go. So, you know, the goal is to improve and, and get, and, and get there in time for um, in time for Paris for the, for the Olympics. So um, 
And with, with my GB hat on, I have to say, technically, they were only faster than them in the qualifying round because they didn't uh, they didn't record a time in the first round. Well, they did, and then they took it away from them. So, <laughs> so we, 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 there's, we, no, there's, there's no time on the time sheet. <laughs> um, back, back to the team pursuit. I, I think um, not a real surprise that, that Germany were quicker there. Yeah. Um, any, anything that caught your eye behind them? The Italians looked okay. I think a lot of the teams are using all or part um, next next generation riders, and so they're all sort of playing around a bit. Um, so you know, I think uh, we're we're certainly not 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 seeing who the who the who are going to be the strongest, say a year or two years from now. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it, it it shows that the the um, the number of teams, the number of countries that that, that can be uh, that can be competitive is certainly higher than it used to be. And and moving on to the the team sprint, which we we kind of touched on, the Germans just looked phenomenal, didn't they? As yeah. you said earlier, three three world records in three rides is is pretty good going. But there wasn't that much of a gap between Nigeria aside. There wasn't a huge gap across the field, which again suggests that. But people are still kind of finding their feet a little bit. Yeah, I know. Again, I'll talk, you know, Frank Durevo, the uh, coach for Canada said, you know, we're still playing around in what order we're going to put the riders, you know, and, and I think a lot <laughs> and, of them was was the a lot, same. Yeah, across the men's and the women's team sprints, I think we saw quite a lot of teams switch their man one and man three riders between different rounds mm-hmm. as they try and, and figure out what their best lineup is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, yes, in the men's, you know, the Dutch won, but, you know, they weren't that much faster. Like the, the, the French are having a very good world championship so far. They've come out, you know, really ready to, uh, to, you know, perform on, on, the, on, on home soil. And, um, you know, the crowd, it's the velodrome is actually quite small in terms of numbers of seats, but um, those that were here were cheering quite loudly for the French. It's always quite difficult to tell with the Dutch, how much they've kept in reserve. I mean, the, the French, Ran them very close in the in the first two rounds, but there were six tenths in it in the final, yeah. and and the Dutch under forty two for the first time in, in the championship. So um, maybe they're not quite as close as as they looked, but they're they're well clear of everybody else. Yeah, but I mean, going back to the team team pursuit, I mean, ever expected the Italians to squash it, um, and um, you know, again, the, the the French were pretty strong, you know. So um, I think I I think. Uh, the Italians, I mean, they have their full Olympic team here. They're in gold helmets and on gold bikes. Um, <laughs> but um, I think um, we are certainly seeing uh, a strong um, a strong French team. Yep. And, and then finally on, on yesterday, the, um, the women's scratch race. And I think I said in my report on the website that the last couple of years with riders like Katie Archibald and Jenny Valente and, and Kirsten Vilt, we've, we've seen a change in the way the women's scratch race has, has been ridden. And we've seen a lot more attacking, a lot more dynamic races rather than the arguably more intelligent 35 laps of rolling around and then a four or five lap sprint at the end. Um, last night, kind of reverted to form a little bit yeah we had like a 35 lap rolling around and then and then a five lap started to pick up speed and then you know and then the italian woman i mean gutsy you know gutsy move but you know she was paying attention because they all sort of 
we're slowed down a bit and we're watching each other trying to figure out who's going to go when because we're getting to the end of the race and she went and she had half a lap before they reacted you know we kept thinking yeah. oh they're going to start chasing they're going to start chasing and then finally jennifer valenti started with two laps to go but it's like she was half a lap ahead at that point it just wasn't going to happen <laughs> yeah and and even she ran out of steam a little bit and got yeah. pipped on the line by by the dutch girl exactly yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting rest of the week i think in terms of the women's bunch races because the, the form does seem to be a little bit all over the place so it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah i mean hopefully they'll be a little more aggressive you know um well i mean it's sort of the, the points race will force them to be and so will the elimination so It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, you know, talking about today's races, I mean, the elimination is one that's, I'm, well, as always, is, you know, hard to, uh, hard to uh, handicap. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the, the start list for that. Um, not necessarily the, the biggest names in there. Ella Barnwell for the UK. Yeah. Sarah Van Dam for, for Canada. Yeah. Um, so it's a really difficult one yeah, to call. Paternoster is there for the Italians. Yeah. But I think she's more um, you know, not not the sort of multiple sprint effort type riders. I think she's she's she's, she's a team pursuer and a you know more of a steady and effort. And Lotte for um for Belgium's probably another one yes, to exactly. and, and it and he did Yumi Yumi Kajahara. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, you know most of them have done eliminations as part of the Omnium. So it's not like it's totally new to them, but uh, as a standalone uh, world championship event, I'll be interested to see if that changes the dynamic a bit. And then we've got the men's Kieran, which I think is the, the first item on the agenda yep. this morning. No, no, a wang. But other than that, it's a pretty strong field. We've got uh, Rayson, uh, Hugo Barrett, who's, mm-hmm. who's always good for a final, if not a medal. Um, Stefan Bertica. Yeah, it's it's not a bad field. Joachim Eilers, Paul Nicholas, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, Oilers. I I don't know if you mentioned him already, but I I mean, yeah. There's 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 a lot of strong riders in there, and I mean, um, I think I think we're we're, we're going to see see some good racing here, and maybe a few a few favorites get get caught out. Um, one of the things that um, the Canadian coach said to me yesterday after the men's team sprint where, again, Canada, for the first time in many years, uh, has done one and made it to the first round, which was which was what they were hoping to do. So they're pleased with that. But he says, um, putting Hugo last, and uh, he's the one that, that, that sort of pulled them up to make the, uh, to make the first round. Um, he said it's, it's going to be really good for his confidence, so he's looking forward to him having a good Kieran now that he knows he's got, his, he's got speed. Yep. Any, any predictions, or are we, are we going to... Go with Love Racing because it's still his <laughs> yeah. choice. Um, I'm going with Love Racing. <laughs> yeah, I think I will too. Yeah, uh, women's sprint again, an interesting field. Um, quite surprised not to see um, uh, see Kelsey in there and see Sarah and uh, Laurie Ann riding. Uh, no. <laughs> oh no, because she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's all three Kelsey, of them. Kelsey's in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, I missed. Yeah, them. no. So we have, we've 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 got three in there for Canada. Um, and um, I mean. I think Lorianne and Kelsey will go quite far. I mean, I, I think Kelsey has a very good chance of going to the final. Um, you know, but there's a lot of good riders in there. You know, there's Voynova from uh, Russia. And, you know, the Russians aren't always necessarily the fastest, but they're very cagey riders. Um, Heinze 
from from well you know the, the, all all the Germans all the Germans yeah, you know, yeah. Friedrich uh, and, and yeah um, yeah no it's it, it, it's it's a it's a small but really quite good field isn't it yeah it, Malavis, I, you know it, it, no slouch either. yeah exactly so I I think we we could see some we could see some quite quite good racing here. And, and one of the, the characteristics of our first podcast was we, we talked about a number of, um, of riders and teams who, who hadn't qualified. Columbia in the women's team pursuit, right. the Netherlands in the, um, the women's team sprint. Uh, and you flipped it around because you talked about um, Madeleine Godby not being here for the yeah. US. Um, <laughs> and there she is on the yeah, start exactly. along with so. Mandy Marquardt. So... Uh, yeah, we, we, we're going to have to look at the start sheets before we do these. Yeah, my, yeah exactly. I mean, yesterday when we spoke, that they hadn't actually produced them yet here. So, so I was a little little behind. But yes, it, it, it's a little embarrassing. And then the scratch race, um, the men's scratch yeah. race, which, um, again, you know, scratch race is always... A lottery is a bit unfair, but it, it, it's always unpredictable. Yeah. A um, couple of strong riders. We've got Elia Viviani in there. Yeah. Uh, who else is in there? Gavin Hoover. Yeah. Um, I, I I think we're <laughs> a little bit unfair on Gavin. Yeah, I mean, I think we're probably going to see more aggressive than the women. You know, we're going to see some people trying to take long ones, um, and that will just certainly split it up some more. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think from for me, um, Viviani has to be the the favorite, but I mean, it's a bit of a crapshoot. It is, and we you got Roy Ifting from the the Netherlands and and Rui Oliveira from Portugal, are both yeah. both pretty decent riders. So uh, yeah, that could be quite a good race actually. If if we don't get an early break by um, by Viviani and and it's all over <laughs> after ten laps, which it could be. Yeah. Cool. Any, anything else that's been happening in the in the track centre over the first twenty four hours that we should know about? Well, I mean, you know, yesterday was Wednesday, middle of the week, but, you know, even though it's a fairly small um, velodrome in terms of number of seats for spectators, it was still only half full. And I was, I was uh, rather sort of surprised with that. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to fill up, you know, for the weekend, but um, yeah, it, it is, you know. Um, and that was a lack of, lack of tickets sold half full rather than a socially distanced half full. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they are being, you know, um, very, uh, very aware of um, protocols. I mean, they're, um, for us, coming in every day, you know, I'm lucky Canada is considered a green country, so I don't have to go through the daily testing that a lot of other countries um, have to go through. But I still have to show a vaccine certificate every day. And, and, and every day they give us, you know, a different colored wristband. I'm collecting all, all five. Um, that, that that works really well on an audio podcast, but but Rob currently has three wristbands. And... Yeah, you know, and uh, gold is gold day one, yellow day two, and silver today. So we'll have to see what 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 tomorrow's uh, color is. <laughs> but um, you know, they the, and they were messing around from a photographer's point of view. They're messing around with our access. You can go here. You, you can't go there. Well, no, okay, okay, you can go here, but now you can't go there. Um, so they're they're working really hard to um uh, to try and keep the bubbles um separate and the other thing that's happened is and and it's for photographers but it's also for tv um they've uh made a big push for safety this year 
it started to happen, first of all, on, on the road uh, at the World Championships. And now here, um, photographers are, aren't allowed on the apron for mass start events. In the finish in the finish straight, we can be elsewhere, but we can't be on the finish straight for mass start events. They build us a little tribune just inside the uh, in, in, in the infield. And even TV has been cut way back uh, in terms of being allowed to be on the track. Um, so well, that's, that's not a bad thing for no, us photographers. No, you know, it's, you know, it's probably, you know, we will all bitch and moan because, you know, you take away some more access. Uh, but at the same time, you know, some of, some of them are actually fairly reasonable ideas, um, for what they're doing, but, but it's, it's quite obvious that they made these things up in a vacuum. And then as soon as they held a meeting with the photographers and they all went, yeah, well, what about this? They all went, oh, and they went off and had another meeting and then changed them. So, which is sort of typical UCI, you know, we'll make something up and then everyone will point out how, what, what's wrong with it and then we'll fix it maybe multiple times. <laughs> Again, from a, from a photographer's point of view, and I'm not sure how much this will interest the rest of our listeners, but um, it looks pretty gloomy in there. It is. It's probably the track, you know, in, in, in terms of um, um, sort of, category one homologated tracks they can put on a world championships it's probably got the least lighting of any track i have ever seen it's it, it it needs at least one more band of lighting all the way around the track so um everybody's complaining um including tv uh and i i'm surprised that they would build it because it's a purpose-built track it's not a multi um you know a multi-sports venue um, I'm surprised they would build it and not have, you know, an, enough lighting. So it's, it's, it, it's a little weird. I know uh, uh, some of the agency shots that I've seen and uh, the agency photographers tend not to use flash are very, very dark. The, some of the sh shots on the BBC website last night yeah, um, looked as though they'd been taken with all the lights turned off. Yeah. It's, you know, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, you can mess around with your camera settings, but then you'll end up with grainy photos. And so it's, um, it's frustrating. Um, but I mean, it's not a case of they're not turning on all the lights, which we sometimes see it's in this yeah. case, all the lights are on. They're just aren't enough. <laughs> so, so, um, and the, the end, the infield is packed pretty darn tight. You know, they keep saying you're not allowed to go into the team box as well. It's kind of hard to avoid them, you know, just because yeah. you have to squeeze by people to, to to get to the track, and everybody's on top of each other. So it's um, yeah. and that's despite a lot of the teams being smaller than you would normally expect to be yeah. in Australia, New Zealand, USA, down by six eight riders over what they would normally have. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if we had full teams for everybody because it was a year out from the Olympics, this place would be heaving. I mean, they'd have to put them in layers. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a nice track, but you know, as I said, when when they awarded it to them, I thought, they. Uh, but uh, hey, you know, it's um, so far it's been it's it's been well run, you know, um, and uh, you know we've no we've no complaints about that. Um, it's just and probably easier to get to than than Ashgabat would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and and there's less chance that we'll be thrown in jail for taking photos. That's true. Although, the, I mean, the upside of, of Ashgabat is I understand there have been no cases of um, of COVID at all in Turkmenistan. That's right, because, because if there are, then, you, then, they'll throw you, then they'll throw you in jail. 
<laughs> even for mentioning it. So yes. So um, I think we've ruled out our chances of getting in if they have a reschedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it brings up a point which you know it's sort of a say off topic, but you know the UCI, you know, going for places with horrific um, human rights um, issues, um, like you know Minsk for the Euros and not backing down until the outcry became very large. Um, and then Ashgabat, you know, Turkmenistan, you know, um, which is, you know, when, when I looked it up, it was uh, dead last on the um, press freedoms list. Oh, they've, they've fallen because well, well, I I, when I looked, they were, they were second to last. Yeah, they've, they've, yeah. they've dropped a place. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's like they were behind North Korea, which, you know, I didn't think was possible, but they were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I think the two of them swapped back and forth. And now, Road Roads in 2025, uh, Rwanda, which is currently, you know, with uh, going through um, tremendous issues with, with, with human rights abuses, you know. Yeah. Um, so I... I like the idea of, of, of things moving around the world, um, you know, and I like the idea of going to smaller, um, less, um, you know, cycling powerhouse countries. I think that's I think that's important. But at the same time, you know, they need to balance it with some of these, you know, nations that they're, that they're choosing. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, Rwanda is an interesting one because they, along with South Africa and, and now Nigeria, they've probably been at the forefront of, of Africa and taking on cycling yeah. As, yeah. A, as a sport. Yeah. Um, and, and on the one hand, you want to reward that. On the other hand, it's it's not a, a good situation for the um, for the caravan arriving from, from the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, and as I said, you know, we talk about it's a long time, you know, but it's the same, you know, as, as with the IOC talking about how they can, you know get you know help promote change and it's like it hasn't really worked with china so i don't think it's going to work with these other countries either yeah well and uh, they they kind of take some of the credit for for russia and the the iron curtain falling but i don't think much of that was down to the ioc either <laughs> so so we we veered off in, into geopolitics now so that's all right i can always cut that bit out <laughs> um or, or leave that bit in with the comment about coming out yeah, I think that's probably about it for for today. I know you you've got to get ready. Yeah, the music started up again, so <laughs> so it means we're getting slightly closer. So okay, okay, see you tomorrow. We'll have more from Rob tomorrow. But as I mentioned, I got a chance to talk to Amber Joseph earlier today. But before we go on to last night's race, we caught up on her busy summer. So scratch race last night. Um, before before we get on to the race, uh, something that I'd missed because it doesn't get any any coverage in the UK was the Pan Ams. Tell me about that. Oh, so yeah, uh, Elite Track Pan Am Track Champs was in I think July, so July time um, in Peru, and I was on really good form. Um, I did re- I was racing sort of every week and getting track time at the velodrome in Pennsylvania. So I was really happy with, with where I was. Um, and I did the Omnium scratch and points and the scratch race. I had no pressure and I was just like, let's just see what happens. Um, and I won. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really good start. And then going into the Omnium, I had a 
a lot of pressure on myself because I was like, right, well, if I won the scratch race, I should be able to win the Omnium scratch race. And I just wasn't thinking very clearly. And, you know, it kind of, I messed up, made a mistake and I wasn't kind of reading the race as well as I should have been. And I got fourth in the Omnium. So just, just missed the, the podium. Um, and then the points race, I got bronze. And if I'd had won the last sprint, I would have won overall, but you know, there's a lot of ifs and, you know, it, it was good that I was able to read the race and see what mistakes I made to improve for next time. So yeah, it was really, it was a really good first part of the season. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not much. And how, how did the scratch race pan out in, in Peru? What, so basically it was pretty calm and I wanted to keep it rolling because of the gear I had on. I didn't want it to kind of stop, start, stop, start. Um, so every time everyone would sort of follow me up to the top, I just come back down and keep the speed going. And, you know, if there was someone that would attack off the top, I was already at the top of the track. So I would just come down and I try to control it as best as I could. Um, and then it was about three laps, no, four laps to go and somebody attacked. And I was like, okay, if I wait, everyone else is going to wait. So I kind of went down the track, swore up, kept that rolling. So the person who attacked didn't have that much of a gap. So I kept it rolling, kept it rolling. And then with about two to go, she was just within touching distance. And I was like, if I go now, I think I'd be able to hold them off, but I'm not quite sure. So then I just went and it was kind of like a drag race, really. Like I had somebody on my hip and I just kept them there for the next two and a half laps. And I just, yeah, it was probably one of the most well-controlled races I have ridden. Um, and it went, you know, it went, went well. My plan worked, <laughs> holding them on my hip back to my sprinter's days. <laughs> We've seen lots of, of pace from you attacking in the past, but the timing's not always been what it might have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of, I'm not like that established yet on the elite field, like field, um, especially at Worlds or any of the races that I would see you at, like, you know, the World Cups and things like that. So I just kind of try things and, you know, I might be lucky or, you know, if that person's lucky, I might be able to, you know, pull it off. But that hasn't been the case. And I just seem to be like this yellow person has a target on them and everybody kind of just is like, okay, we have to chase. <laughs> So it hasn't... You can't miss it if you do make a move. No, exactly. And I think that just kind of switches people on. Whereas, like, you know, a few people just peel off the front. I like, I think because I attack quite hard and the speed is kind of like, oh, you know, she sounded fast. It's got kind of go. Well, that's what I think. I don't know. I might sound really slow and they might think it might be easy to chase down. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But it's, yeah, I just try things and, you know instead of being like, oh, I should have tried this rather than I'm glad I tried it and this is what to do for next time kind of thing. So it sounds like the, the race in Peru was similar to last night and it was, last night was, it was a decent pace, mm -hmm. but there was there was no attacking until the Hungarian went off, off, off in the yeah, end. Yeah, it was basically a dry race. And you know what? I actually prefer these races. Um, and, you know, I was in a really good position, but I've been struggling a little bit recently um, with how I think in races and also with my preparation for the world champs, this is the first one that I haven't been able to prepare on a track. And I really felt like that does affect, well, me personally. Um, whereas in the past, I've been able to prepare on the track and, you know, 
build up that confidence before I even get to the race rather than just trying to find that confidence. So I really struggled and I have been struggling. Um, And as I saw yesterday, it really did. It has taken a toll on me. Um, But you know, this year is, it's not in the Olympic qualification yet. And I have a really big goal in November. So it's just kind of like, let's just get points in my pocket that I didn't have last year. And as we, as we yeah. saw last night, if you don't, if you don't get the timing right, it kind of doesn't matter where you are if you're not in the first half dozen or so, does it? The Hungarian finished last, so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all about timing. A scratch race is a lottery. Um, Martina raced that absolutely spot on yesterday but when you watch the field it was kind of like hesitant like everyone was like oh do we chase or like what do we do like we just saw that lull in the peloton and I even noticed it but I was like oh dear god I need to stay with (laughs) so I was like why is nobody chasing I I even thought that to myself um but she rode that amazingly and you know She's she's an amazing rider to watch. She tries everything. She's she can sprint, and as we saw yesterday, she can attack off the front and hold it and nearly catch the peloton. So it was amazing to watch. Before we talk about the Omni in itself, one of the things that struck me about this World Championships versus all the others that I've been to is there's a lot more riders who are finding themselves in the position you're usually in without the massive backup from their teams. And you know, you've got <laughs> Australia and New Zealand and the US with five riders and, and very limited yeah. support staff. Yeah. I guess you don't know how much difference it makes to have that, but how do you, how do you manage through the course <laughs> of a week on your own? So basically, you know, I've been very lucky. My first coach, John Wan, when I moved to England, he's sort of been in the picture the whole way. And he's been such a huge part, as well as my mum. Like, I think if it wasn't really for those two, I probably don't know where I would have been. Um, And so the first world I did, which was in Prashko, that was that was just let's see what happens and at that time I was at the UCI center and that was the first time that I was actually a part of something and I really like noticed how much confidence it gives you and like yeah I have the support you know it's just now down to me or there's no pressure or I'd have my coaches telling me oh there's no pressure and that would then relax me whereas if I'm on my own it's like okay I funded this on my own I need to make sure that I make it worthwhile or you know I I need I have something to prove um and you know when I was at the UCI center it was it was a huge help it was you know it was the best place for me to be as a single nation rider um and I was with them for Berlin as well and you know I had a lot more confidence going into the last two world champs than I had coming into here because things have changed. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, this was the first year that I've had to prepare for a world championships with no track and no coach there with me training or telling me, Oh, you know, let's try this. Or, you know, maybe how's your position? How do you feel on the track? Because I haven't had that. Um, so it's it's been tough. It's kind of like back to my under like junior years. Um, but yeah, it's 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 tough. And I was speaking to another writer yesterday and she was like, yeah, we have no track now. And and it's weird coming to Worlds without having that preparation on the track. And I was like, someone understands my world. <laughs> 
someone understands what it feels like. I think when people go through that, they realize how, like, it sounds like so, oh yeah, but it, you know, training's training. But at the end of the day, it, it's all down to mental, you know, that's how you win bike races being the mentally, like the strongest rider there and as well as the physical, but the mental part is, you know, the, the roots yeah. of it. That's where it comes from. And, and John's a good, so, good coach to have in that respect, given his day job. Very exactly. He's, you know, he's a professor in psychology, so he's a great help for me. And even like, I see it like he's a kind of a father figure in my life and just having his support and him here for me, you know, he funded himself to come and support me. And it's just like, you know, it's given me a lot of, um, I don't know, I'm blessed really to have my mom and him here with me because my mom calms me down as well we have a laugh you know how you know how we are guys we're always laughing we don't we don't we don't take this seriously really <laughs> um but no, having them here it's it's a big help <laughs> yeah. mine goes exactly <laughs> um but yeah having them here it's a big help like mentally it calms me down because I think you know I'm used to coming to races on my own kind of thing sometimes you know you know how yep. it is. Um, so it's it's nice to actually have two people here that are just here for me to help support in any way they can. That's it for today. You can hear more from Amber later in the week and Rob and I will be back tomorrow. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.